at the very least, you you must have been incredibly fun to teach in class. Yeah. You know what? I wish we could just call Dr. Walker and be like, one word answer. Describe Aaron. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Rec Reflect. Today, we are joined by the esteemed and powerful president of TRAPS, Aaron Hart. That is ridiculous. I did not pay you to say that, but it's going to be a good time. Aaron kind of lays out her vision of what she has for TRAPS in this upcoming year, and uh, trust me, it is a good time, this podcast. We think. And we get around to talking with Aaron, and she shares her vision for TRAPS, as well as talking about how as recreation professionals, we need to do a better job of telling our story about why we're important. Enjoy. kind of uh, introduce yourself to the listeners, all two of them, and explain to them who you are and what you do. Okay, sure. So I'm Erin Hart. Um, I am the Assistant Director for the City of Grand Prairie Parks Arts and Recreation Department. More importantly, I am the current TRAPS president, um, the youngest president in the history of TRAPS, mind you. I sure hope no one from like Grand Prairie listens to this and says, oh, Trap more stuff important. is more important than the Grand Prairie stuff. <laughs> but it's the Traps podcast. If it was Grand Prairie, yeah, okay. it might be well, okay, okay. Right. Um, this is Okay, so this is my eighth year with the city of Grand Prairie. My, I am 33, my 17th year in Parks and Recreation. I have only done Parks and Rec since I was 15. It was my first job with the city of Hearst. I was with the city of Bedford, town of Flower Mound, and now I'm here. All I know is Parks and Rec. I've never waited a table. I've literally been a tennis court attendant all the way to assistant director. So I can't tell anything yeah. outside of this weird job. I think that, I think that Jordan and I both like relate to that a little bit. We've talked about in the past, like I hope parks and recreation never stops because I have no other skills. Like I think I'm good at what I do. I just can't literally do anything else. If it was like, go be a waiter or yeah. go like, I, I'd be like, I, I can't, you have to leave it to somebody who can actually handle things like that. I just, I'm not capable. You're going to have to filter this, but I would be screwed if I didn't have recreation. I couldn't tell you anything else that I'm good at. Honestly, I don't even know if I'm good at this, but I have no credibility outside of recreation. Um, So outside of my role, well, this will be almost my sixth or seventh year on the TRAPS board as an elected member. Um, Before that, I was on the North Planning Committee since like 2010. So I've been in some regional leadership and statewide for my entire career here, um, which I'm super blessed because when they hired me, they didn't have to approve me to keep serving. Uh, It just was an added bonus. Um, Outside of my job and my commitment here is I'm a mother of two. Um, I have a 14-year-old stepdaughter and a two and a half-year-old son. Um, So, and I'm, you know, a daughter, a sister, all the things. So, but I am devoted to parks and recreation. I love my job. Obviously, if I didn't, I, I obviously wouldn't be here with chat with you guys or in this office. Um, so, yeah, that's a little bit about me. Um, I went to the University of North Texas for parks and recreation. So, and I just sat to get my CPRP last October. So. Set successfully? Yes. Okay. So, sorry. yeah, it's right there. Figured it would. It was. Just to make sure. Um, I have it by CPO, CPRP. I'm a certified sports manager and event nice. planner. So, I have all the things. So, what, so what, about parks, yeah, what about parks and recreation? Really, 
but I know it's kind of your life, but what do you, where's your passion all about parks and recreation? What's, what really got you into that wanting to get into parks and recreation and into traps? What got you really into traps too? Okay, so two things. My, a little bit of my personal history is my parents were all city government. My mom retired as a city manager. My stepfather is a retired police chief. My um, dad retired from Parks and Recreation as the director of Parks and Rec for Bedford. Um, yeah. So you're a legacy I kind of didn't know anything outside of it. Not only did you not know it as your only job, but you literally have lived it your entire life. My entire life. So I remember being like 10. Pat Green came to put on a festival in Bedford. My dad was the director, and I was up on stage in his music video, and I'm still in that music video. Like, I get those special memories, but that was because my dad... I didn't have any tools. You know, I was drugged to have all the daddy-daughter dances and all the weird things Absolutely. that actually still exist. Um, so there is tradition in that. Um, so I didn't know anything outside of it. Um, so for me, seeing all that, I was given experiences that not a lot of people could say they have. So my goal, and I didn't know when I got here that I ended up being a special event manager. So when I was hired here, it was just for special events and festivals. Um, in, in Flower Mound, I was recreation and fitness. So when I came here, it was a different transition. Um, but what I knew day one, and even when I was younger, was I wanted to create experiences for people who don't have the ability to either afford them or have their own experiences. And here, more than ever, our demographic is um, middle, lower class. And some of our families here can't afford to have a recreation membership or to go to a three-day festival and ride the carnival rides and all these things. So um, I came here, established a new event program. We were already known for events here. So I just kind of took what they already had and built upon it. But I like to create memories and experiences that people can't always have. And I like to be that for them because families and memories are all ignited from an experience. They relate it back to where they were when they did this, you know? So I felt like, what if I was that person for them? So that's how I got here. And I've, through all this, I've transitioned out of events. I still oversee it. It's just not my baby anymore, um, but I wouldn't have it any other way. So, and when I was events, I got to work the most. I was the only person in this department who worked with every city facility, every city department, police, fire, emergency management, environmental services, everybody. And I loved that because I was able to bridge the gap where some, some cities don't have that privilege where everybody works together to provide these things. And, and I got the ability to do that. Nice. So, so a little bit more about traps. You have traps. Oh, right. So, so traps. Okay. So all going back to my childhood. All of the directors to date or those who've retired um, actually saw me, knew me from when I was a baby. My dad was a retired director and he grew up with now a lot of the retired past presidents and directors. Um, there is there is an old guard moving out, if you will, and he was a part of that old guard. So I had the luxury of meeting these people when I was a kid. Um, Monica Sue Wash babysit, babysit me as a kid. We'd have garage sales with them. And, um, Jim Brown and my dad were very close friends. So me and Kevin Brown grew up since we were really little. I had all these experiences with them outside. When I got into personal recreation as a major and my dad moved on to outside, I got to reestablish my own reputation. Um, so I was able to go to these conferences and I was lucky enough that I already knew these people. So it wasn't as much of a challenge as it might be for some younger professionals. 
that I, as a student, um, we were given the opportunity to volunteer in lieu of exam points or credit. So I would take every opportunity. Um, and then I just knew that I, I was actually approached by some former boss to get on the planning committee for the North and just use my event experience to help plan their institute. And I said, of course I'll do it and I'd love to do it. And I was able to, I sat on there for a long time and I learned a lot. And then I was asked to run for region. And then I was asked to run for president elect after so many years of eligibility. So um, I've been given a lot of privileges and I've been given a lot of opportunities that got me to this point. Um, so it's, it's been a, a huge blessing to be on any sort of leadership with Traps, but it has all started from me as a student volunteering and being that student that I see now introducing our speakers. I did that. Yeah. Well, you, had, you had the opportunities, but you took, yes. took advantage of that. I took the you, initiative myself right. to be like, okay, yeah, I know these people, but at that point they didn't, you know, they can't get me in the door immediately. Like it's, you have to build your own reputation. Nothing's given to anybody in my opinion. Um, so I just took the initiative anytime I was asked, you know, would you be interested whether I knew it or not? And I faked it till I made it and I pretended to know. And, and now here we are. <laughs> I saw, I saw Jordan kind of cringe there a little bit when you were talking about cringe smile, when you're talking about taking all the extra credit and doing all the extra things like that. He's like, oh man, what I wouldn't give to have some students like that. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, because, uh, cause Aaron, I'm a professor and uh i like to hear them like oh you would have been the student i love to have in class they're like what can i do more and extra and like all the things ah. like uh he's never no, he's never true. said that about me he's never said that <laughs> so i give a lot of credit to um dr collins at unt and dr walker that dr walker maybe was more oh, i don't want to say threatening but he would like all right if you go volunteer for a half day you You'll get an A on this exam. I'll be like, I'm there. Yes, sir. I'm, I'm there. But also, on the flip side, I was a student in recreation and leisure, but I was also working part-time as a recreation professional for the city of Bedford. So I was lucky enough that my employer at the time was like, okay, do you want to also attend as well? And I was like, well, great. I'm volunteering. I'm also going to go and attend for the latter part of the day. So it worked out. Some of those students don't know that. And... Some of the students just aren't aware of how much of a benefit it is to be there. It might be an inconvenience to literally wake up, get dressed, and drive to a conference for half a day when they don't just get to roll out of bed and walk into class. It's, it's actually the complete opposite. I enjoyed that, and I got more out of being there than learning from Dr. Walker. Even though he was great, I listened to everything I had to. I, I will say I'm guilty of that, and... This is a lesson for all the students out there. Be more like Aaron and not like Will, because Aaron took advantage and she did all those things. And they're like, when I was at Texas State, they're like, Will, do you want to come to traps? And I was like, oh, no, What's I, have, traps, I have a life. I'm not interested in things like that. I'm not going to be a part of no, this. No, you can't do and, that. And look at me now. I'm the one doing the interview. And you're the one who's telling us about all these great things you've done. Do you want to flip? I'll sit there and now I'll no, no, the no. I, this is what I'm getting. It's the story of two tales, okay? One of caution and one of this is what you and, but y'all, I was a low-key nerd. I mean, I was hungover. A recreation nerd. We've talked about this. A recreation nerd. Re nerd. I will say um, I was not always maybe sober in class. I was feeling it. But I did, I, did, <laughs> I did keep all of my school notes for recreation 
All of my books are there. I kept them all nice. because I knew I was, I'm stuck. I'm, I'm committed. <laughs> and then all of my school notes are literally in that drawer. And I kid you not, I give them, I print copies and give them to my young staff and say, go. Love it. <laughs> Do it. Also, I just want to say, as we're kind of going on this, just since, so Aaron, you are the, the president, president, what is officially president now, yes, right? Yes, president. So officially president. And because this is an audio podcast, people won't be able to see you, obviously, but she's doing such a great presidential job. I don't know how you think, Jordan, of just, like, swiveling between the two of us yeah, right I now. Yeah, she's, she's like, just to give you guys a picture, we're sitting in the office, and Jordan's on the computer, <laughs> and I'm at her desk, and very nice desk, by the way, and she's just, Thank like, you. swiveling between the two of us, no stop, just, to. like, she, this is such a presidential look for me <laughs> right now. You, you're so, what do you, what do you want to do? As president of Traps, other than swivel between these two guys talking to you about recreation, what's, well, what's your vision? First, it's my my privilege to swivel between you two. I do this every day. Like yesterday, I was on a Zoom call with half of our city management, and then my director was here. So I was yeah, I'm, I'm living this every day. Um, so the biggest takeaway for me is this year, we this past year, we learned more than ever. And I'm probably going to be redundant. I don't know if y'all listened to my speech um, at the Institute. And if not, it's okay. You're actually going to have to probably read it in the magazine that comes out. um, Because the same speech is kind of mirrored in there. But out loud again. Last year when COVID hit and the months that kind of unraveled in lieu of, of the pandemic, we learned more than ever that Parks and Recreation is a an essential service in a non-essential category. We are not streets, public works, police, fire, OEM. We're not essential. However, I never saw as many more, as many people on our trails. Our playgrounds were being used more than I've ever seen. We were getting testimonies from our members at the summit, which is our active adult uh, senior center category, if you will, um, saying they're dying because they can't lap swim or they might kill themselves because they can't leave their house and go see their friends at our veterans center. And that is more than ever should show not just us and not just our citizens, but legislators, our stakeholders, our affiliates. Everybody around us that we are just as important as the ambulances, as the police department, we were just, we were responding probably more than we'd ever before. Um, and so more than ever, I think it's going to take us, the leadership, not just me. It takes everybody on our leadership and our members. We have to tell our story better. Uh, not just traps, but every Parks and Rec professional. Anybody who supports Parks and Rec has to be able to tell our story better to the legislator saying, we are essential, we are important, we need and demand the funds to be relevant and to, to continue to provide the services even when the world shuts down. Um, so kind of one of my biggest things is the four goals that I have are, are teamwork. And this is more for the leadership, but also the membership. It's not just going to take me. It's going to take our entire society and the memberships, uh, level trust level to really listen and say that we need your support. We need you to step up and engage and promote that traps is important. And that means engaging the legislation, but we have to change our marketing tactics to do that. So one of the biggest things is going to be communication and engagement. I'm going to call upon um, our marketing task force a little harder. I know last year things were changed. So really 
really it's coming out of COVID and we're not really coming out of it. The, one of the biggest, most challenging parts for parks and rec professionals, like when you look at an event or a storm, it's not just the pre-event or during the event that's the problem, it's the cleanup and the post-event that's the most important because you are always picking up the pieces. Um, and then it's being preventative after that, it's how do we avoid and prepare for if this, if and when it does respond or reoccur. Yeah. So it's really gonna be communication, re-engagement, telling our story, how we do that um, so that people really do understand we should not be the first ones cut from a budget. We should not forfeit our employees. We shouldn't have to, you know, further demand respect in city government because we saw more than ever how important we really are. Well, there's like a stigma sometimes with parks and recreation that we're the fun ones. We're, we're just here we're, to party. We're just here to party. We're just here to have a good time. And I think that, and I hope that some people have seen it, like that's not the case. The mm -hmm. case is that what we do for people is, is essential, right? And that's what it boils down to, is right? Is like, what well, have we done? And also, you know, through COVID, yeah, we learned that. And then COVID almost prepared us for the winter storm that came through. I mean, if you think about it, it was the first time for Grand Prairie, it was the first time in history we shut down the city more than one day. It's always been a one-off here and there. We shut down the city for five days, but because of COVID and virtual meetings and how we can still run our business virtually, we were able to close for five consecutive days and still produce and even do more than what we are called to do every other day. Yeah. We then weren't just parks and rec. We came into emergency management. We were called upon to help clear the streets. We were called upon to report with water dispatch. We were called to do a warming shelter. I had 10 employees activate a warming site in less than 10 hours for five days straight, 24 hours. And so we're not only essential, but we are way more than just the fun group. Yeah. We, we are we are important. And I really want to push that this year. And another thing that's really important to me is being sure that we are equitable and diverse in how we tell our story. We have to remain very equitable across the board because inclusion, we saw the impacts last year. Um, and we have to do it in a tasteful way but also that's not just me. That has to be accountability from everybody. Um, and so I will, I will ask membership to really hone in on, you know, we're not just gonna include backgrounds and diversity and gender. It's gonna be like professional niches as well. I mean, our department has a cemetery, two golf courses, a wedding venue, but when we go to traps and stuff, we don't, it's, it doesn't help them to be there. And right. I want to change that. A lot of departments don't just have your rec center and your pools and your parks. They have way more offerings. Yeah, so I want to be able to speak to those niches more as well and be diverse across the board wholly because I see that TRAPS doesn't benefit everybody and it should. Mm -hmm. So that's just a couple of the platforms. What's your kind of pitch to, and I know a lot of people who are listening to this are devoted TRAPS members, and maybe they're trying to get someone maybe who's new at their job or a friend of theirs or somebody's in school and convince them to kind of buy into traps. What's your pitch to that group to, to get more, like we talk about equity, Engagement. reach more people and get engage people who've not thought about engaging before and bring them to the table and really have a seat at the table. Okay. So we actually just went over some responses from the survey we did from the DEI task force. And some of them spoke to the point that TRAPS is, 
It's a very uh, close knit group of people. Uh, um, okay, I'm trying to think of the word for it too. Like a click. Yeah. Click. Sorry. Some some feel the only way to get involved into trap is because it's a click, and I would like to break that mold. Um, I think that word of mouth and I just I feel like people think that you only get somewhere in traps or you're only involved because you know, your friend is involved. And I, I want to break that mold. And I don't want that to be the stereotypical answer anymore. I don't care if you work for a university or if you came from a university or work for the city nearby. I don't care if I'm in the North and you're in the South at all. I just wish, and I think because there's virtual opportunities now, there's more of an engagement factor. Virtual, as much as we all want to be in person and meet each other and see each other at networking events or golf tournaments or the Institute, virtual platforms have allowed us in a convenient way to further engage. And I want to take that opportunity to engage those who felt like, oh, I don't have the time to go. You know, I I can't be there. I don't have the time. I want to offer some platform virtually that we get to meet with those incomers or those people who are hesitant to to want to engage because they don't know anybody and i think virtually we can achieve that so i think that if there is a click in in traps and maybe i'm naive to say there's not and i could be wrong um i would hate that people feel that way and i'll do everything i personally can to change that um because I would hate to be the outsider on the on on that and feel that certain type of way. Um, so I just think that probably we have to do a better job too for the for the leadership is telling like I said telling the story. We don't even have to tell the story to outside stakeholders or non-members. We have to tell our story better to our own membership right. of how they can engage or how they can become a member better. Or how, you know, and I want to hear their issues or concerns. If they do have hesitations or don't know how to become involved or be a member, they just don't know, I am fine. If they call me, I will answer it and give them everything I know and how I can help them. Because I, like I said, I don't want to be that person and I hate someone to feel that way. Absolutely. Absolutely. No, I mean, even this podcast, I think, has gotten a good boost because of how we've been able to do it virtually mm-hmm. and how people are so comfortable with the Zooms. And and I attended recently, I did one of my very first uh, branch meetings with the Future and Young Professional branch. And I was like, this is, I mean, I know we want to be together in person and eventually we will be and that will be great and everything. But I, I can tell you, being virtually, it made it so much easier for not having a, you know, yeah. hey, I got to get out of here, drive all the way over there kind of thing. You got to still meet people and talk to people. Um, and I was kind of joking with somebody the other day is, is that we've created these like almost 2021 versions of pen pals now. Because yeah. I remember having pen pals. I mean, when you're in high school or, or in, in school or whatever, like, oh, write some of your friend in, you know, Japan or whatever it is. And you kind of write back and forth. Can we bring back the Flat Stanley? Yeah. So Flat Stanley. We Let's do like bring virtual it back. Flat Stanley. Stanley. We need Trap Stanley on the podcast. <laughs> I was just thinking about, I don't know why that came to my mind the other day. Trap I was Stanley just is a it. great name for him too. Just <gasps> Trap Stanley. Ooh. Okay. Did we just did we just hit with a episode title right there? Trap Stanley. Trap Stanley, and we created a T-shirt. Yeah. Whether you like it or not. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Trap Stanley. Aaron's all about our T-shirts. Uh, but it was cool because it's like you get these pen pals almost as well because you never meet them in person, mm-hmm. and then finally eventually you'll get a chance to meet them in person. How cool would it be to do all these different zooms and meet a bunch of people online and face to you know face to face and then actually see them in person? You know. Yeah. And, and I think that'd be a really cool thing when it happens so that you're right like just there's opportunities there's opportunities opportunities but let us know what we need to do to make them 
appealing to people, right? And that's just it. It's appealing. It, it yeah. has to be appealing to everybody. And I don't know how to appeal literally to everybody because, you know, you win, you win some, you lose some. But anything to make it more appealing or a little better to the ear is probably what's best. And we have to do that. We have to take accountability and recognize it and do it. Um, so I will say, you know, even when I was a young professional, it was daunting, in my opinion, to have to feel, to work up the nerve to go up to a director at the time that I didn't know, you know, especially at a traps, you know, they, they'll encourage you, oh, just go up, he's a great, you know, he's great, just go introduce yourself, and, you know, you never know, he might hire you, and even for me, who knew some people, that's still nerve-wracking, especially coming out of college, and this is a seasoned director, so I understand that more than anybody, um, so I just encourage everybody to try their hardest to get past that and just understand we are all human, all human. We're all a part of the same society and we are, we are the same people. We just have different logos. That's it. And I don't think the hierarchy really has anything to do with it, especially at traps. Honestly, we're all the same person doing the same thing. We just report to the different city and a different logo. That's it. But, you know, at the end of the day, too, we all share the same logo with traps. So it, it's... What, what about... What do, you, what do you think about the higher-ups who are... So we kind of talked about some of the new people who want to get into it, but, you know, I, I feel like I've seen a few places where I've been. It's like the higher-ups, the directors, things like that, aren't quite as involved as you want them to be. How do, how do you convince... If you're someone who's into it, how do you convince your maybe your directors, your assistant directors, people like that to, like, hey, you should get in more into this traps thing with us and kind of kind of help us kind of move forward what what kind of benefit does it have for those people to be in there I can tell you that well what I will say going back to it's a lot of engagement right I will say that this past year we saw like a hundred percent increase in engagement even on the board level and board level is a lot of directors um this was the first time in in my part of this has been several years that we had a hundred percent participation because all the higher level who most of us were, had the time to take the call, be at their desk and just click join the meeting, right? So in the past it was, okay, I gotta drive an hour there. It's gonna be a two hour meeting to drive an hour back. It's, it's, a, it's a whole day commitment. I just think encouraging and reminding people that you have to be willing to engage. And I think virtually we can achieve that because it's convenient. It's a convenience factor. Um, now, convenience doesn't get across the social aspect and the in-person, and we all, we're all extroverts, so we strive to be that person um, and to be in-person. So it's just one of those factors that, and what I've learned even in this role is, as a higher up, the staff sees, you know, the engagement might be removed, like, you know, I'm not at every, all five of my rec centers are here or there because our, our time is spent, my time is spent in a thousand meetings. And I hate that because the staff is like, oh, you know, they just don't care. That's horrible. And I don't want to be that even in traps. I don't want to be in a meeting so much that I can't join YP or I can't join, you know, the, T, the DEI. Now, there are tons of meetings that go on every day back behind the scenes. I meet with Dr. Lord weekly and we have an exec and board and all the task force. And I've told her I'm going to try my 100% self to be almost everything, but there's just a lot of time. But the good news is that because of COVID, it allowed us to be 
to do this conveniently. And so I just, I remind everybody and even myself, just be present and take every opportunity. Um, and just remember to engage as much as you can. And set the tone, right? Set the tone yeah. for the other people to be like, okay, I, if I want to do what Erin does, I've got to kind of follow her lead a little bit and get more engaged and things like that. So that's good stuff. You at 33 being the traps president, I'm also trying to get a, a, I wonder what you were like as a college student. If, if this is, well, no, like the, like showing up where you, you were showing up to class, maybe not still, but still feeling it. <laughs> I was, I was, I did, probably did my best learning in that mode. <laughs> Well, you should you should practice how you play, right? Yes. So you should practice hey, how you play. You, you know what? You sometimes you just gotta commit. Wait, like, since we're since we're on that track, Jordan, can you give us any? So I heard rumors in college that like, if you were to drink while you studied or were to be having a good time while you studied, you should show up to your test on this at the same level. Yeah. So that you remember the things. Does that? What do you? What's the science behind that? Oh well, I don't. <laughs> Uh, I don't know that there's a whole lot of science that talks about intoxication and how well it helps you test, but there is research on like uh, setting the, like whatever setting that you study in, like make it like the room that you're going to test in so that your brain does its best work with this peripheral stuff around you. So um, I don't know enough about the situation to say, no, you can't do that, but I mean, it sounds like a lot of fun. At the very least, you you must have been incredibly fun to teach in class. Yeah. You know what? I wish we could just call Dr. Walker and be like, one word answer. Describe Aaron. You guys, their phone number? Where's the... Um. Yeah, but I don't know if it would be positive. I don't know if I want to hear the answer. Do they, do they remember you pretty well? Is it? Is oh, it... yeah. Um, I talked to him on... Um, do I really want to do that? No, let's not call him. Wait, wait. So what kind of relationship do y'all have? Like, is it like... If he said, oh, man, I was just so disappointed in her, would you, like, no. get your fe- feelings hurt bad? Oh, no, no, no. No, no, no. It, no. He would have good things to say. Okay. He, he's a great, and he's a great mentor, a great guy. I still talk to him often because he still serves on TRAPS leadership with the North Region. Um, so it's just a funny dynamic to be like, I was once your student who had to turn papers in to now full circle. Yeah. Like, I'm here no, and you're that, asking how, me for things. <laughs> do, you, do you still call him doctor or do you call him by his first name no i do um i will tell you also one thing that i do to this day because of him is in an email when in his class when we were doing interns he always said in an email he'd give us like a, a lesson on proper protocol to reach out to a, a like a director and he would say always in your emails with respectfully i always in my emails with respectfully Unless it's like my close friend and I'm just like eat or something like that, but I try my hardest. Every email says respectfully, Aaron Hart. We're gonna. I'm gonna test that real quick. We have emails. Anyways. Yours probably say thanks, E. Or if I'm like in a serious oh, mode, that, I do respectfully. Level? Yeah, we are at that level. All right. Uh, okay. So and then um, other questions we've been asking more and more lately is. Uh, what is your kind of, you know, we're in recreation and we talk about how fun it is. What's your ideal day of play look like? What is, what is Aaron's ideal day of play look like? Oh, so because I'm special event background, it would be going to a festival with my friends for the day, but it 
also has been a, a curse too. Like because I did it for so long, I, I could not, while I was doing it, I could not find enjoyment going to another festival because I find myself being like, why did they do that? Or do you get cringy at a party if people aren't having fun? Because I have that problem. I'm like, kind of, I, I think way too much into are they having a good time or not? Or like, I need to go do something to make them have a better time. Um, so, but like if I went to another city's festival, which I do, I used to do frequently just to see uh, secret shops, see what we can do better or yeah. some, or just to go hang out. Obviously there's everything going on all the time. But Isn't that the curse of knowledge? Like now, you know, like you can't unknow those things. Do you, do you look at things or like, yeah, they did those things poorly. Like, oh, like it's that's bad. really bad. And I can't even imagine like being my husband or my best friend with me being like, oh, I God, just want to have a beer and listen to music. Moment. Can you just stop? <laughs> Mute yourself. And I, like, I'll just be like, why didn't they cover that? Like, why is it sticking there? Like this fence is just random. Like somebody's going to walk into it. You know, like I, yeah. it, it, I couldn't it stop. Bothers you. I can't stop. Turn it, you can't just turn it off. No, actually COVID was needed because I could turn it off. I didn't have anything to do or <laughs> judge. But See, that's why the, the curse of knowledge thing makes me realize the worst job in the world has got to be like health food inspector. Cause Oh. Well, you just know things behind the scenes are just, And you couldn't enjoy You, just, a, a you could not Big ever Mac go to a McDonald's. restaurant Oh Ugh. my god yeah. Anyway uh, Can confirm by the way That we are at the level with Erin Where she responds Thanks our E Our emails Thanks E E yeah. Yes I think Jordan might have literally that's, just texted me Thanks E Oh my god I, I well It says um, So next Friday April 2nd after lunch I can send an invite And then for us It just has Oh let me take off my background So you can actually see the yeah, uh, he's gonna reveal where he is. Galaxy now? Yeah, I'm in the. It's the. It's the Northern Lights. I'm not smart. I it says delivery status <laughs> notification failure. <laughs> well, the first time I emailed you, I sent an email. It says it's just your professional one. Oh yeah. Oh, so that means I was on my cell phone. Okay. Well, no, I do have one that says thanks E on here. I'll do you have a thanks? E? I do thanks E a lot and if we're, if we're homies. I guess Will is to the level of friendship, and I'm still. Dude, no, I, um, I'm sitting in your house with you right now. We're <laughs> friends, whether uh, you like it or thanks, not. Yeah, it was it was a good one. Also, when I first emailed you, I don't know, the first email I sent, I it got kicked back, and I think I just totally made up because I've emailed you before. Yeah. And I was like, oh, let me just copy, and I I don't know, I was like, I must have just typed in this like eHeart at Grand or whatever mm-hmm. it is. I was like Aaron Hart Grand Prairie at, at Grapevine, Texas. <laughs> I'm like, where did this come from? Like, what kind of stroke did I just have? This is the most random email ever. But anyway. wouldn't it have been amazing if there was somebody who had at that grapevine, if they had that E heart? Yeah. And then we just we we bring on somebody who also is named Aaron Hart, and we interview it, and she's so confused. She's like, I'm I'm not affiliated with traps. I'm in like the municipal government. I don't know. Yeah, I work for public about. works, but sure, I'd be happy to talk to you yes. guys. Yeah, we just keep leaning into it. That would be so. That would be awesome. Yeah, that would be an e heart. You E-heart. get a call from Grapevine, Texas. Uh, I'm waiting for our interview. We're here with Aaron Hart and Eric Hart. E-heart and Eric E-heart. Hart. Aaron, it will. It would not surprise me if me and Will eventually did something like that on accident. One time, me and Will recorded. Because we were waiting for somebody and I got the days wrong. Oh, no. And we were waiting for like an hour and a half. And I was like, Will, I am so mad. I was like, this person stood us up. And then he's like, he's checking his email. He's like, well, you actually put it tomorrow. 
So just one of those. <laughs> you look so defeated. <laughs> it was a whoopsie daisy. Yeah. But those things are to be expected. Okay, I do have another question. Um, so for Parks and Rec, if you were one of the characters, who would have you? Been, who would you be? Um, actually, I can't confirm nor deny, but everybody in this office would call me Leslie Note. I can see it. <laughs> I think I think most people in Parks and Recreation look at that show and and we love all the other characters, yeah. right? But then you only like Leslie's the only one who actually does actual Parks and Recreation work. So I don't. <laughs> think that most people who are like recreation nerds are like oh well you know i'd probably call myself ron swanson because even though yeah. he's hilarious he doesn't do a darn right. thing right? right like you know so i it, i can see that for sure it for was um it's definitely that and all of my friends growing up like in college and my girlfriends i mean in high school they worked at sonic they just had the cliche high school jobs you know and they'd be like, what are you going to do today? You're going to do this. And when that show came out, they were like, this is what you do every day. And I'm like, no, actually in college, we watched that show to watch what not to do yeah. in Parks and Recreation. So, but it's funny to go back and watch it because yeah. you can identify and self-identify and be like, oh my God, I did that today, but not to that extent. And I would never like to do it to that extent. But you also are like, okay, that guy's Ron Swanson and yeah, you just yeah. as a group internally do it but they there's been conversations that I'd be Leslie now well and that's the thing too like you look at watch those some of those what the events and planning the events <laughs> it's like she's the only one doing work everyone else is just in her way it's like there. oh my god they're just like there. stop stop <laughs> leslie hire like let me call leslie right now like hey hire me because tom hanford is not getting the things done you need <laughs> yeah. done girl trust me so yeah i can probably speak to that absolutely <laughs> who's your favorite character on the show probably ron swanson yeah see there that, that's it right there we're all leslie so, we all love Ron's will Swanson. will will you who do you feel like you are yeah well, so Leslie, no. Okay, nope. okay. We, we, we've had this conversation, right? Where I say that I feel like I feel the most relation in Parks and Recreation to Leslie. No, I really do. Yeah. Like I do. But then most people will probably say, "Oh, you're Chris Pratt." You know, pre pre oh. Star Lord, Chris Pratt. <laughs> Let's not be like, "Oh, Chris Pratt." Okay. I love Chris Pratt, Star Lord. Yeah. So I'm a Marvel geek, y'all. No, I'm more like pre Chris Pratt, Star Lord. <laughs> like I do that. I was the guy who had both my legs broke. Sitting like, man, yeah, I don't know. So, yeah, but I will say that Ben Wyatt, Ben Wyatt and Leslie Nope are my favorite couple on TV of all time. That's they're very true. They're the only two who actually do work. I think. Yeah. Okay. Oh wow. Okay, we're we're running up on the time. So, Aaron, the I always like to do this with our guests. Um, If you were to summarize our entire conversation today, and you're trying to distill everything that we've talked about in terms of like what do you want listeners to walk away with teamwork makes the dream work that would be a rev run quote and something that our former director here instilled upon all of us because no matter what i want to see happen you know telling our story further engage our membership in our society, etc. I can't do it by myself. It takes everybody. It takes all of our leadership, our board, our chairs. It takes our executive and office staff at TRAPS. And it, more importantly, takes the membership's trust and loyalty. 
So if I had a statement or something, it'd be teamwork makes the dream work because I do want to have all of my dreams come true, but it's not just with me or I can't just do it by myself. And I'm not going to be the person to take the credit for myself. It takes a lot of people. Bam. And you can't say she's not my president. I didn't vote for her. All right, she's here. Get over. We all did. So. <laughs> yeah, we did and vote and for and her. And if you voted for the other person, then you lost. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Boom. Get on board. Do you, do you think that there's anybody in the traps constituency that is like ugh, Aaron Hart, not my president? <laughs> probably. I probably have that. You know, a couple of yeah. <laughs> couple socials here and there. I might have gotten out of line. I can't. Confirm more tonight. I'm sure there's people out there. I mean, there's probably someone in this hall. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> awesome. Well, Aaron, thank you so much. Have a good day. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure. And I'm sorry, you're going to have to edit a lot of it.